And welcome back here to day two of FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Week. My name is Kevin Hill, executive publisher here at FreightWaves, and I have an old friend and um, and colleague, really, uh, from, from the old days back during the ELD mandate. We tracked that data week over week. Uh, Carrieless and, and Kenco did that uh, for for that run-up, and it was a very interesting market. Uh, we're in another interesting market here, but without further ado, let's introduce Andrew Lockwood here from Sudaf Global Logistics, Senior Manager of Design Solutions. I think I got that right. Yes, sir. You did, Kevin. It's always great to be on. It's 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 always always enjoy our conversations because we go to places uh, in the industry uh, that are tough, and we somehow solve world hunger uh, along the way. So it's it's been a it's been fun uh, a fun journey with you. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned ELDs because we're going to talk a little bit about ELDs and driver productivity. Uh, it's really the the name of this is no one wants their time wasted. There's a lot of inefficiencies in the domestic truckload market. I think the worldwide truckload market, really. Uh, no matter what country you go to, you're probably going to face the same problems. And and part of that, one of the reasons why capacity is so tight right now, why a lot of companies, even if they can get new trucks or get the equipment at a reasonable price, it's hard to fill those seats, is that, you know, driving is a very rough occupation, and it's made rougher by uh, a few different variables that not only the industry, but the, the whole economy really needs to fix. You're so right there. And there and there's several things that I think the, the pandemic has caused us to really examine as far as the industry. They were on our radar to begin with. I remember during my early days with Kenco, um, in the sales presentation, the driver shortage was always, you know, one of those things that we needed to address, you know, felt like we needed to address with clients. The same is said, at, 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 I think I could safely say this, at most 3PLs and transportation-related companies here in the U.S., it's been on the radar among the other supply chain issues. The difference is, two years into the pandemic, everyone seems to know about it, along with, you know, the, ocean, the Trans-Pacific Ocean uh, issues as well, and, you know, what's going on in the port of Long Beach. And so, um, you're right. There, there's it's bubbled to the surface. Um, but look, I mean, there's so much wasted time right now. And I think, and Kevin, we can. I think we can go there during this time. There, there's some different ways to solve this, but I think we've got to creatively start looking at the problem in a different way uh, than than what we've been doing in the past. And and because I, I think we're misattributing um, some of the issues here. We're not diving down deep enough to really what the root cause uh, is of what's going on. Yeah, we always hear about there's not enough qualified drivers. And I, I'm not sure if that is really true. Qualified, what, what does a qualified driver really mean? Because that driver is qualifying the industry as you're qualifying them. And what they're seeing is, you know, a lot of hours, a lot of waiting, a lot of stress, a lot of disrespect for the money. And there are a lot of other industries, especially now in the Great Resignation, Everyone is, every industry is facing a shortage of workers. And if you don't, you know, at least start fixing the problems, uh, they're gigantic problems. But if you don't start fixing some of the, some of the issues that, that drivers have, then you're always going to be short of drivers. It is. You're exactly right. This is an economic issue. And I do believe that supply oftentimes matches demand. For example, is there a shortage of Uber drivers? Well, as long as there's demand, you know, for for uh, in the taxi industry, people are going to use Uber drivers. Um, 
supply and demand always seem to balance themselves. So what really kind of keyed me into to this story is I, I was asked a tough question by a buddy who owns his own company uh, a few months ago. And he said, hey, look, you know, I read this thing where the industry is adding all these drivers. Is the shortage really real? And that caused me to question, okay, well, you know, maybe that's a really good question. I've... I know I've been spouting the, the news story and the shortage of 80,000 drivers based on ATA forecast, but is that really real? And so in digging, you know, what's behind that, I think there's some interesting things to, to take into account. If you're in front of a computer and multitasking, type in Biden-Harris trucking action plan. This came to, you know, straight from the warehouse. When you pull that up, you're going to see a link uh, to, a, to a study from a, uh, an MIT guy uh, and he looked at two different companies, 4,000 different drivers, and he found, on average, that drivers drive about 6.5 hours out of the 11 possible. And again, small sample set, but I think that's an interesting and relevant data point. I'm also going to mix in my own experience driving down from Jacksonville to Orlando last week. It was, it was around 6, 7 o'clock at night. Drivers are, are lining up on the off-ramps and on-ramps trying to find a place to park. We don't have the infrastructure to support that. So, you know, Kevin, I look, no one wants their time wasted. I've seen this at our own warehouses. I know drivers are waiting literally hours sometimes at certain distribution centers. Um, you know, that, that breeds a whole nother, you know, topic of issues. Mark Solomon actually wrote about this recently with, uh, uh, with bathroom facilities. And warehouses not allowing drivers to use bathroom facilities, something that's just as simple as that. So there's so much to unpack there, but uh, just starting with a driver shortage and what causes it, you know, and is it real? I, I think it's a very high level, but interesting issue. So let's talk about the study and let's talk about specifically the six and a half hours. So ELD tracking shows six and a half hours. That leaves you five and a half hours of drive time that is not utilized right now. And what does that really mean? And I'll read a quote from that study, which I find very interesting. Adding 4.5% back to a long-haul truck driver's working day of six and a half hours would mean adding only 18 minutes. So just 18 minutes. Seen this way, an 18-minute improvement to the daily average utilization of America's existing cadre of truck drivers could be equivalent in effect to recruiting new ones and then similarly squandering their time too much. My research leads me to see the current situation not so much as a headcount shortage of drivers, but rather an endemic undervaluing of our American truck drivers' time. So we're, we're talking like 18 minutes. 18 minutes could, could solve the, the capacity crisis that we're seeing right now. It would. It's, so much will go so far with that. And there, again, there's multiple levers we have to pull. But um, I, you know, I think for us in industry... We have to take, we have to, you know, stop, pause, take a hard look at how we're solving this problem. I believe the problem can be addressed two ways. Either private industry starts taking, an, you know, really an offensive move here and advertising things like, what is the average lead time at your distribution center? We have, look, we have the technology at our fingertips now, especially through the ELD mandate, where we know a driver's geolocation. And we, when a driver arrives at a distribution center, he could hit the clock and say, start and then stops. We know how long drivers are based on the technology at different DCs. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's not an incentive oftentimes for distribution centers to really process them quickly, other than potentially detention after, let's say, two hours at variable rates, because there's no consistency there. So where I'm, where I'm going with that is either the industry can help self-police and start putting some standards together to solve those problems and shining a light of visibility on the really bad actors, or 
the federal government will get in, you know, involved, just like with ELDs. Why did that happen? Well, because you had certain, you know, a certain amount of drivers that had they had their real book and then the one behind the seat. And so when when you when you get rid of the race to the bottom and some of the bad actors in the industry, even though you know, many of us probably watching this are anti-regulation, look, regulation exists for a reason. And so I think we've got to choose one option or the other, or you know, somebody's going to intervene and say, you know what, this is not right. We're not valuing truck drivers' time. Whatever you do, whether it's regulation or private businesses adapting to new policies, you're going to have one side or maybe multiple sides of a multi-side disagreement unhappy. I mean, it's just just the way it is going to be no matter what you do. And I think on the the demand side or the shipper side, I mean, uh, extending, you know, there's no financial incentive really to extend hours, like loading, unloading time. A lot of the driving doesn't really coordinate, that the times of driving doesn't really coordinate with offloading times and availability to do that. You know, we, we know uh, a lot of the major retailers and, and CPG companies might have 24-7 receiving and, and, and pickup. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty well, it's a, maybe a 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. So there's a lot of places that, that I, I picked up and delivered at over, over the years as a freight broker. That, you know, man, you can't get a truck in there in time. So then you have to wait and then opens up the next morning and takes three or four hours to load and you've wasted all this time. And then you might not be able to use the restroom. You might not be able to do this. You might not be able to to park after you you get into town. And there's a lot of other occupations out there that that pay as much or better uh, without those headaches and, and hassles. You're, you're exactly right. This is the, the analogy here is us going to the doctor's office. And if it's up to you to, to schedule when that's going to happen, you know, if you don't get that first appointment at 7 8 o'clock in the morning, you're going to be waiting in that doctor's office for a little while. It's just what happens. Same can be said with distribution centers. Um, Kevin, you were on the brokerage side of the equation. I was actually in the other seat, um, you know, a, a job ago. My, my sole purpose in life was to try to keep our drivers busy from Elkhart, Indiana to Chicago, that general area and back. I was trying to match up a head haul and a back haul. And I can't tell you how many times, it was probably 50% of the time, um, our driver would run into something at whatever the distribution center was that he was either unloading or getting loaded at. And all of a sudden, what on paper should be an eight and a half hour day turns into a 12 hour day, or he's got to do a reset on the road. And, and the truth is, most people watching this, like we have the luxury of working behind a computer and being in this technology-based economy. And so, look, if we have a bad day and something happens like that, we shut down our computers, we drive our cars home at night, or if we're working from home, we just go downstairs or you know go, go play with the kids. But the fact is, is our drivers have had to deal with that issue for so long, and that's what's so painful. That's why there's a 90% turnover rate in the industry. Uh, that's why, you know, since deregulation, drivers are making on average 40% less when you adjust for inflation. And so the natural question is, okay, well, it's, it's not about uh, recruiting drivers. We can recruit drivers all day long. But if your engine is leaking oil, you don't keep filling it up with more oil. You get the leak addressed. And that's what's going on here. It, it is, you know, I mean, we can switch over to, and talk about, you know, retention and recru- re- recruiting and retention. Um, but but just one of the reasons why is one of the, the biggest expenses for uh, trucking companies and, and carriers is because of the, these inefficiencies uh, of, of driver time. It's exactly right. And that's where I think, again, I, I'm kind of going to forecast this in the future. There's technology again today. 
Doc411 is an example where they are trying to kind of create this Google review, Yelp, your review, uh, average wait time, what are facilities like type platform. Now, it's what it's going to you know, require is the critical mass of the industry to convert to that, where we're all in the same playing field. And if we can't figure out that in self-police as an industry, again, the, the, I think the government may come in and regulate that and say, you know what, from, from the start of when a driver is on the property, there's going to be some kind of rate charge because that's the only fair and equitable way. Look, Kevin, if you and I, like we don't, we, we can't work for free, right? And so obviously the incentives don't line up for us to just wait for hours on end for things that are out of our control. And why that's been allowed to happen, it, it, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we've, we're here, right? And I, and I don't want to discount because I fully understand the warehouse issues too. Um, so if you're watching and you're a shipper and you own a warehouse, look, the best thing you can do is walk out to your, your yard today and start having conversations with drivers, asking them, what, what's your experience been like? How long have you been waiting? Have you been helped? What's the process look like? Um, because those are the small steps we're going to have to take as shippers, 3PLs, warehousemen to get this industry pointed back in the right way where we value driver's time. Because it's been hidden for a long time, it's starting to get unhidden. And when things get unhidden and light gets sh you know, shown, that's where you've really got to start making some changes uh, from a continuous improvement standpoint. And, and I'll plug uh, FreightWave's Shipper of Choice Annual Awards. They're, they're open. The nominations are here. We'll be announcing those in May, but you can go to FreightWaves.com and nominate your favorite shipper that, that you feel very accommodating to, to drivers and, and also drives efficiencies into the market. Um, and, and this is a conversation that we had briefly in 2017, 2018. It seemed like a long time at the, the time when ELDs were rolling out, the mandate, the, the two hurricanes, so you had all these confluence of uh, factors. And, and that was the, the dominant uh, piece of, you know, of, of talking points really in the industry was shipper of choice, you know, what shippers are the shippers of choice? Then 2019 came out, and, uh, and no one really talked about it too much until you know July of 2020, and we've been ramping up. And now uh, it's, it's a talking point once again: shipper of choice. What can you do? And um, is industry, you know, industry self-regulation or government regulations? I, I think um, both, or you know, fortunately, unfortunately, all at the same time, are are. are are going to be hard to do, hard to actually accomplish. What do you think, Andrew? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, from our elected officials, if you're an elected official watching this, please do what you can to help with truck parking. We need more rest stops. We need more parking. And look, I, I know that land costs money. Uh, how we fund that, I don't know. I know we just passed a huge infrastructure package. I don't know what's included and not included. I'm not, not up to speed there. Uh, this is unfortunate. But So we need, we need some help on the driver parking issue. That's only... Uh, that's not going to go away. I think that's an easier thing to solve, though, in, in, in general, because warehouses are not going to go to a second and third shift unless there's economic incentive for them to do so. It doesn't matter if the port of Long Beach is open 12, 24 hours a day. If warehouses aren't open in those same time frames, drivers are not going to generally operate in those time frames. So they're, they're, everything's so interconnected here that I, I kind of look for the, the quick levers we can pull. I think drive, driver parking is one. Um, I think the, uh, the effort that is going into better recruiting uh, is, again, misplaced. Look at the idle time and the reasons why drivers are burning out of the industry. We don't have a recruiting problem. We have a retainage problem. 
And, you know, some of the LTL cares are interesting. They have very low turnover rates. Their drivers are making six figures. I, I, again, I can, I can speak from personal experience here. In our warehouses, we know the names of our FedEx and UPS drivers on the parcel front. Why? Because they're there every day. But we also know that it's a two-way street. There's give and take. There's going to be days we need to help them out, and there's going to be days we're going to count on them to help us out. And same could be said for the driver who's going to visit your distribution center one time in his lifetime. You have one chance to make an impression, and you know, and and uh, one opportunity for that. And so, you know, again, I we have to start small. We each have a small role to play. But that's my challenge. Is anyone that's that's watching this? Take this conversation and do something concrete with it. Talk with a driver. Go talk with your warehouse team. If you're a CEO and executive, what is your average turn time for a truck? Do you know that stat, right? And that's okay. Some, some of you may not. It's a starting point to go solve the greater industry problems. But while you do that, here's the incentive for your company. If you're a shipper, if you're a 3PL, whoever you might be, is you're going to start to identify yourself as an industry leader, People are going to want to work with you because you're consistent. You execute. Uh, and that, I think that's very attractive. Yeah, and that's a perfect way to, to really end this, Andrew, is, is that that pitch out there because it's only with these small incremental changes that, that we can get anywhere with, with this issue because no one's going to be able to come in and solve it all at once. There, there's just too many different variables, fragmentations in the industry. But if everyone can do just what they can do right now today, I think we'll be in a better place in five years. It is. I, I mean, listen, we get one crack at, at our career and, and the you know the impact we make. Um, and it's a little bit of a challenge to everybody out there. Take this conversation, do something with it. Make the most of your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste a driver's time, please. Thank them for their time, in fact. Uh, but uh, speaking of time, Kevin, I know we, we're up on our time. Listen, I really enjoy this conversation. Can't wait to the next topic. Um, but this has been fun. It's always fun. Always fun talking to you, Andrew. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on Retail Day at the, the Global Supply Chain Week. And um, stay tuned for more intriguing content coming up later on today.